This is EdTech Now, a short podcast about education technology and how it's used in the classroom. EdTech Now is made possible by StackUp, a Chrome browser extension that makes reading fun and easy using the entire web and delivers reading progress and online usage metrics to administrators. Now here's our host, Noah Geisel, Education Director at StackUp. Hi, Lee. Our guest today is Shaylin Farnsworth. Shaylin is a leader in the convergence between literacy and technology. As a high school teacher, she redefined her English classroom as not only a place to learn about literature, but also explore how technology is shaping the future of communications. We're going to talk with her today about finding that balance between literature and tech, dig into digital literacy, and talk data. Shailen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Noah. The data and formative assessments. I watched a recent conversation you recorded with Stephen Anderson um, during which you said that formative assessment is a student's GPS, and, and you want to say that as educators, we get stuck at the top of a kind of data pyramid, right at the point, at the kind of summative place, and don't get stuck upside down on that data pyramid to really stay in the formative students. And I feel like a lot of ed tech tools out there are about machine grading and just helping us be more efficient, really focused on that summative piece at the top of the pyramid that you described. So what tips do you have for using ed tech to impact formative assessment that you can share with teachers excited to use tech to inform students' GPS? I think that, um, like I said on that video with Steven Anderson, that I think that formative assessment really lets us as instructors know um, if the students grasp the learning target and where they're heading. So it's extremely important when you're looking at student achievement to focus on the formative assessment rather than the summative, which would be high stakes testing at the very top. And, you know, when you talk about getting really involved on the formative assessment while the learning's actually happening, you know, something that I kind of glean from, from what I read that you write and what you put out there on Twitter is that a lot of this for you is about relationships. That, you know, the more we get to know our students and our students get to know that we care by being involved throughout the learning process, not just, you know, at that summative place. And so as much as this is inherently a human interaction, are there ways that incorporating tech into our formative assessment strategies can actually help to additionally humanize the process? First, technology gives everyone a space to collect their thoughts, reflect, design, create. And so I think it's important um, for each student to have their own space, where in a classroom discussion, um, uh, sometimes the student doesn't have enough time to prep their thoughts. So giving them a space virtually before um, they create something or a class discussion ensues is, is one way um, that you can use that virtual space. And it also lets you get a glimpse into their mind. So formatively, as an instructor, you get to see their inner workings of their mind to see what they grasp, what they didn't, um, and have an impact on your instruction because really that's that's what formative assessment is used for. Um, technology gives us that real-time data, uh, which allows us to then change our instruction to meet the needs of all students. 
You know, the, the way you frame that really makes me think, Shuin, about, you know, a lot of our talk right now in, in the tech and just in our classrooms is about making learning visible. And I kind of hear you saying that, you know, that, that that's almost as much as making learning visible as sharing our students' learning to an external audience, whether that's parents, colleges, employers, you know, that with the formative assessment, we can use tech to make learning visible in a really meaningful and powerful way to teachers and the students themselves. Yeah, agree. I think if you um, take the lens of, uh, let's say, K-12 education, when students are in elementary school, a lot of the things they do are out loud. They read out loud. They ask multiple questions. um, They kind of work through things, maybe in a a whisper voice. Um, But as they progress through grades, we have them do more of the thinking inside their minds less outward to the teacher. So it makes that direct instruction extremely difficult. Having, um, I was reading something the other day about interventions in literacy and RTI and the MTSS process, and and they talk about how valuable um, technology is in that formative assessment to inform us of what a student needs, making their thinking visible, um, letting us know what skill set they have that they're on the cusp of grasping and what they don't have. You know, I, I don't know if you use like the map my run app or anything, but going back to your GPS analogy, you know, it's almost like, you know, we can use ed tech in order to inform formative assessment strategies in a way that helps students produce a map my learning kind of portfolio. Yeah, I think a couple things. I like to consider it a GPS because students, when you focus on their intrinsic motivation, a couple things to ask them is, is this learning important to you? If not, then it's obviously not relevant, engaging, and, and so it's time to redesign it. Um, secondly, do you know where you're headed? And that not only um, allows them to synthesize uh, and kind of construct their own meaning of the learning target, but it also lets us know as educators, is our learning target obvious to students? Um, Do they understand where they're headed? And um, it kind of ties back to that intrinsic motivation. Another thing, I think that having all these multi-modes, all this multi-modality, it allows students to demonstrate understanding in a more student-centered way. And that lets them not only show that formatively, but then there's a lot of summative things. Uh, student-centered summative events such as portfolios, expeditions, all of those types of things that allow students, like I said, to demonstrate their understanding in, in ways that they choose. Hey, it's Lee jumping in with a quick word about StackUp, which makes this podcast possible. StackUp is the only tool that unlocks the learning benefits of the entire web while providing the accountability that educators need to measure progress and engagement. With StackUp, you can measure and report online reading and learning for your entire district in less than two minutes. Now back to the show with Noah Geisel. We are speaking this week with Shaylin Farnsworth. You can follow her on Twitter at at SHFarnsworth. You can visit her website at shaylinfarnsworth.com. And Shaylin, something you wrote about recently was students' right to read, and you anchored it in Banned Books Week. And something I really liked is that you took it beyond, hey, 
books used to get banned. Get a load of that. You know, and, and you really got your mm-hmm. students asking provocative questions. And something that occurred to me is that there could be real transfer in that skill to the internet, right? There was so many just minefields of information waiting for learners online. You know, is one of your intentional classroom strategies to equip students with offline critical thinking skills so they'll carry those skills with them when they go online? I think that with the access to information, no longer are teachers the sole source of resources for students in their learning. Um, With that comes the need to develop uh, something that I like to call healthy skepticism. Do students understand um, that everything that they read online is not true? Where do you find reliable, relevant sources? Um, And so equipping them with not only questions, there's great questions from common sense. Um, There's, I I love teaching the students the crap detector um, invented by, I think it's California librarians. Um, But there's great app extensions. I'm thinking about the First Draft News um, Chrome app that walks kids through um, on any web page that they're on to see if it's a reliable, relevant source. And I think it's extremely important um, to equip students and everyone, really, that that healthy skepticism, do I know who the author is, how reliable is this information, and is it relevant to what I'm trying to learn? Totally. And we we also love those uh, common sense questions here at Stack Up that we've recently released a tool that on certain sites that have been identified by this university project, by Facebook's list, by Google's list as purveyors of misleading content. We have a notification that comes up for any users of our Chrome extension installed where it, it doesn't say fake news run away. It instead says be a critical thinking thinker when learning online. And then, you know, it really weans on some of those common sense questions to provoke just thoughtful, and I really what you called it. It's not just critical thing; it's healthy skepticism. Yeah. Uh, so you have a new book coming out soon. How to design best practices in literacy with technology. Uh, you're sharing on the hashtag Make Lit Real. Very clever. Love that. And you know what? What can you preview for our listeners about the book? And where should educators go to learn more and make sure that they know the second it comes out? Um, well, I hope to have it released. Early this winter, um, it's going to be through Dave Burgess Consulting, so Teach Like a Pirate, and I'm really excited about it. I think that not only all of my education, but my current role um, has me deep in foundations, um, best practices in literacy, and then with my experience um, and also the location where I live, I don't know if either of you guys know anything about Iowa, um, but in Iowa, there's a high population of technology use in the classroom. And so I, I've been immersed in that environment since 2008. Um, and through that, I, I have that lens of how do we redesign um, best practices and literacy instruction to more of a, a contemporary twist of making lit real. And you can find out more information on my blog. And I, I have more information about the book and for when it's coming out to get notified. It will definitely have to do that. You know, something we're doing this season at the end of every show is asking our, our guests to can you share with our listeners what's something that has you really excited right now that we should have asked you about but didn't? Quite a few things. First, I like um, thinking about creating problem seekers instead of problem solvers. And uh, how do you dive kids into that inquiry process? And so to not only be critical thinkers, but also questioners and how do you develop that curiosity? I love thinking about those things as well as multimodal 
communication. And so when you look at um, literacy and, and digital literacy, what does it mean to be a literate person in contemporary society? So how do you not only consume information, um, but also create it on multiple platforms, different mediums? And what does that look like skill-wise for um, literacy and how can we help students hone those skills? You know, you touched on something that I'm going to ask a follow-up question, a first ever follow-up question to what's supposed to be the last question. That is, you, you, you <laughs> talked about, you brought up, because you brought up the digital literacy and, you know, we hear about a lot of our, our younger students being called digital natives and, you know, there, there's, you know, increasingly recognition just because they're digital natives, they don't necessarily possess high levels of digital literacy. And at the same time, you know, I do feel like some of those conversations are pretty siloed. And, and you know, that for colleagues who are kind of newer to that whole conversation and, and, you know, for a lot of folks, it's still literacy is just about can you read or write, right? And and so for folks who are kind of newer to this idea of digital literacy and just what does that even mean, you know, can you help frame just at a high level conceptual understanding, you know, how do you define digital literacy and you know what the imperative is there for in educators in today's 2017 classrooms if you look at what it means to be literate in contemporary society um, and you take the reading or consumption route the end goal is comprehension can you comprehend what you are reading whether it be text digital text images infographics multimedia can you comprehend what is being displayed before you? Um, and then can you analyze it? Kind of what we were talking about, healthy skepticism for bias, relevance, accuracy. And finally, can you demonstrate your understanding of that concept? And um, the communication comes in multimodal forms. And when I say multimodal, I mean that you can approach it from multiple ways. So it could be hyperlinked. It could be interactive. It could have an audio component or design component. And so I think a lot of the skills are transferable when you look at reading and writing and communicating um, in the past. Uh, But I do think that there are some differences as well. So take reading, for example, two-dimensional reading, what we are commonly used to, text on paper, you read it um, from uh, left to right. Um, It's the author's kind of guiding the way. There's a, a start and a finish where if you are reading online, it's known as three-dimensional reading. So what does that look like to be a three-dimensional reader? How do you you avoid getting lost um, in the hyperlinks? How do you uh, make sure you're comprehending the whole whole text, not just parts of the information? And so uh, a three-dimensional reader is when the, the reader's in charge, as opposed to two-dimensional reading, which we're used to, when it's more of the author-centered. Wow, and that's really awesome. And I've I've just uh, been a really long time fan of yours on Twitter, and uh, you know, big fan of just reading what you write. And it's a huge honor to get to hear you spout some of the genius here on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys, so much. It was a lot of fun. Make sure you follow Shaylin. She is at sh Farnsworth on the Twitter, and her website is shaylinfarnsworth.com. Thanks to StackUp for making EdTech now possible. Go to stackup.net to learn more about how StackUp can track reading across the entire web. I'm Lee Schneider, and thanks for listening.